Hello everyone, welcome to the Pop That Mama podcast. In this episode, I am joined by another podcast listener, Steph, who is on the show to share her birth story with her third baby girl. She'll also be talking about some of the struggles that she had during pregnancy with anxiety. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy listening. Hi, Steph. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you on. So do you want to just say hello to the listeners and and give a brief introduction? Yeah, sure. Um, Hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm here today to talk about my daughter's birth, who I gave birth to last year. She is my third baby, but my first baby that I've had in Northern Ireland. The other two were born in London and we moved back to Northern Ireland in 2019 and she was born in 2021 amidst not full-on COVID restrictions but some restrictions and so it was very different to my first two experiences. Okay and yeah happy for you to sort of start maybe telling us a bit about your pregnancy and then leading into your birth. So I, um, like I said, this is my third pregnancy. My first two pregnancies were great. I had some very minor complications with my, in the first one, but otherwise completely fine. The third pregnancy, this was a planned baby. So was really excited to find out that I was pregnant. We found out I was pregnant when we were on holidays and really enjoyed that experience of finding out for about 24 hours and literally the morning after I found out I was pregnant, woke up with just this kind of smack of anxiety. Like I'd never experienced anything like it. Definitely didn't experience anything like it in my previous pregnancies where I didn't even consider any kind of problems with the pregnancy, but was really anxious on the way home from that holiday, booked in for a private scan. So had a private scan at seven weeks and found out baby was fine and in the right place and it wasn't a topic or anything like that. So that was really brilliant. And then had about three days where I felt great and then had some light bleeding and was absolutely convinced that that was the end of the pregnancy. I'm sure lots of us know the statistics around pregnancies ending in miscarriage and was just, just thought that that was what it was. Went to the hospital, everything was fine. The bleeding stopped but the anxiety didn't go away. So this was by this stage, I think it was about eight weeks or nine weeks. So um, we told our really close family, but it wasn't kind of general knowledge. And I was back to work. I'm a teacher. So this was in this September and it was just, it was awful. It was all I thought about all day, every day. And it got worse and worse and worse in the lead up to Christmas. And then in the the new year, I decided to get some um, counselling just to kind of help manage the anxiety also to try to kind of source where it was coming from so I could figure out how to manage it best got some counseling online which was really helpful Um, I entered a question into one of your podcast episodes actually Poppy and got some feedback from a pregnancy anxiety specialist which was so helpful it was she recommended to write down some positive affirmations which I had had already done from my previous pregnancies and I'd actually kept those cards but I wrote down some specific ones for this pregnancy Um, and that was really helpful and did a lot of walk and spent a lot of time outside cut my caffeine intake did little things like that but to be honest it did make me feel a bit more in control but the anxiety was just crippling which is really weird because when I think back about it now I almost wonder why, not why I felt like that. I think I do know why I felt like that, but it's hard to imagine me being like that because I'm generally 
quite a confident person um, happy-go-lucky stressed at times of course and I do get anxious but generally I kind of let stuff wash over me but this was just all consuming um, and I think it came from I, I felt too lucky to have had two really great pregnancies two really great births and to get pregnant again a planned pregnancy it only took a few months to get pregnant it just felt like I was pushing my luck and I could not shake that feeling for the longest time um anyway then we kind of got through that with the council which was really really helpful and try to focus on kind of just taking every each day as it came being really active in terms of kind of listening to my body listening out for baby you know trying to track her movements and that kind of stuff and it made me feel a little bit more in control so then to fast forward to the point at which I was kind of going into labor she was born on a Monday on the 19th of April on the Thursday I had a consultant uh, appointment at the hospital I was consultant led which was actually a difference compared to my previous pregnancies when I was mid midwife led for both of those so I was consultant had a consultant appointment requested a sweep um which I'd had in my second pregnancy because I was overdue and I was offered it and I said yeah why not so this time I actually requested it even though I was only I think I was 36 and three or 36 and four something like that but I just wanted this pregnancy to end. I couldn't cope with being so anxious anymore. And I thought, do you know what? She's more than viable. Let, I don't really care what happens to me, even though I'm a massive advocate for hypnobirth and I just needed this pregnancy to end and to have her here. So had a sweep on the Thursday, that was fine. The Friday morning woke up, my sons were almost six and four and a half at the time. So woke up, walked them to school, um, they were actually having a sleepover at my parents that night um, so I could get a lie in the next day. And I was planning on picking them up on the Saturday afternoon. Went to bed on the Friday night as normal. Woke up at about 4.30 on the Saturday morning and was having what I thought were contractions. Quite strong, but nothing too uncomfortable. And they were for 13 hours straight. So literally all of Saturday. So I actually rang my mom and said, look, I think something's happening. Can you keep the boys? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go into labor tonight. I'll have the baby tonight or tomorrow and I'll see the boys tomorrow. And that would be perfect. But um, after about five o'clock in the afternoon, after I had been walking the house all day long with, I had hypnobirthing tracks from the Freya app in my headphones, I was um, sniffing lavender and clary sage oil, walking, walking, walking for 13 hours and they completely died off. So that evening I rang my mom again and I said, look, just keep the boys just in case things start again. And if not, I'll get them in the morning. Went to bed, watched a movie that night, watched a, as hypnobirth and practitioners always said, watch something really lighthearted. So I watched This Is 40, had a good old giggle, kept the adrenaline at bay went to bed at 11 o'clock and woke at 3am again with more pains. So it had been about, I think, what's that, about 10 hours since the last one. And it started again. So got out of bed on the, the Sunday at half three in the morning, bounced on the ball for a bit, was absolutely exhausted. So went back to bed after, I don't know, half an hour, something like that and fell asleep straight away, but only had about an hour. Woke up again at five o'clock with such a sharp 
pain in my tummy, which then progressed and turned into much more kind of intense and painful contractions. That continued a few hours. I just stayed in bed and then I got out of bed at that point because I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't straighten my legs. I couldn't bend my legs. I couldn't lie on my back. I couldn't lie on my side. So I got up, went to the loo, realized I was starting to lose my mucus plug. So I thought, oh, brilliant. This has definitely happened. Rang my mom again and said, I'm not getting the boys yet. <laughs> Keep them for a little, a little while longer. So stayed at home again, closed the curtains, put all the lamps on. This was the middle of the day. So I wanted to be nice and dark and intimate. Had my lavender oil again, walked up and down the living room, hypnobirthing tracks, my app again on the headphones. Um, and this went on all day. I kept requesting um, tomato and mozzarella toasties. I think I must have had about three double toasties in a few hours. And my husband kept bringing me till about half one in the afternoon. So I rang the hospital told them I've lost my mucus plug contractions are I think they were about five or six minutes apart they were lasting about a minute each and they said you know what come on in let's have a look see what happens and then the weirdest thing happened which didn't happen in either of my previous pregnancies literally as I was hanging up the phone I just felt my body stop it was so noticeable to me that everything just went on pause again no contractions no back ache nothing it was like feeling like I wasn't pregnant it was the weirdest thing and it was almost as if my brain had this thought of leaving this safe space that I created for myself for a day and a half and was like "Mm -mm, you ain't going nowhere so I didn't really think anything of it at first I thought you know what I'll just relax again probably have another toasty and it'll all kick off again but a couple of hours later nothing had picked up so my husband then rang the hospital the midwife asked to speak to so I said to him can you just ring and say like this is why we're not in nothing's happening the midwife asked to speak to me and I just bawled my eyes out down the phone god I'm getting emotional thinking about it because at this point I hadn't seen my son since I dropped him to school at half eight or nine o'clock on the Friday morning told him I'll see you tomorrow and now it was Sunday and I missed them so much and their toys were lying around and their little shoes. And I just couldn't stop thinking about them. And it broke my heart being away from them. And I felt really guilty when I rang my mum. Um, I said, how are the boys doing? And she said, oh, they're fine. They're not missing you. Um, Spike, who's the eldest, Spike just said, I thought mummy was collecting us on Saturday. And then I was like, oh, my God, I feel so guilty. And that was just awful. Um, but the midwife was so, so lovely. And she just, she gave me loads of comfort and words. And she said, you know what, just stay at home, have a bath, try to get some sleep. So I'd been having lots of baths anyway. So I get in the bath, put on the hypnobirthing app again. That app was, I was getting my money's worth at that stage. Um, lay in the bath and the, and sort of started to get a little bit drowsy. So got out of the bath, went into bed. And I sort of was falling asleep again, but maybe I had about an hour or something like that when I woke up then I felt so much more relaxed and really did feel rested so the contraction started again um this was probably about half five in the afternoon and then they ramped up again and then at about quarter past seven in the evening they were a few minutes apart last in a minute couldn't actually talk through them at this point but because this had been going on for two days honestly Poppy I was absolutely convinced that this was not the real thing I just was like do you know what I'm not getting myself worked up to the point where I'm excited because this could still be another three weeks so I was refusing to believe it was the real thing but at about quarter past seven then um my husband rang the hospital again and was advised to come straight straight in 
and it was still bright outside. But because I'd been in this cocoon where every curtain was closed and just there was just lamps on, I had in my head that I was absolutely not leaving the house during daylight. So I made Matt, my husband, check what time the sun was going to go down. And it was, I think it was like 20 to 8 or something like that. And I said, well, we're waiting until then. So we did. <laughs> so we left home when it was dark, got in the car, hypnobirthing in the headphones, eyes closed, sniffed lavender the whole way there and got to the hospital at about eight o'clock. So I went into the um, triage, I think it's called, and was examined and found out that I was three centimetres dilated and I was so excited but the midwife said you know what I think you'd be better going home relaxing it could be a while yet and I was like absolutely not I'm not doing this circus again where I'm at home stressing and then driving here no 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 so she she was actually changing shifts so she said well I'll have to ask the next midwife who's coming on shift so went and got her she came to me and said yeah we've got beds do not worry about it if this is where you want to be this is where you want to be and I know that like previously I'd been at home and the contractions all stopped when I rang the hospital. But when I was there and I knew this is the place I'm going to give birth, I just didn't want to disrupt that again. I wanted to stay in this zone and feel kind of like there was no panic. If I suddenly went into labor, I didn't have to get in a car. There was no need for an ambulance, nothing like that. So I just felt so much more comfortable being at the hospital. So that's where I stayed, got um, a bed, which was brilliant. This was April, so there were still some restrictions in place because of COVID. So my husband was actually asked to leave. And had it been my first labour or maybe even my second, I probably would have struggled. But I was delighted because I had just been in this little world of my own for two days. And that's where I wanted to stay. And I actually remember in my very first labour, I was in the pool at St. George's Hospital in Tooting. And I remember thinking... I wonder, is he bored? I wonder, is he hungry? God, he's probably wrecked. He probably needs to sleep. And it was just so nice to just go into this room and just be by myself and not worry about anyone but me and my baby. And the midwife led me in and the lights were really low and the ward was so quiet. It was a Sunday night, so there was no planned cesareans or planned inductions. You know, it was just super quiet, just kind of spontaneous labours like me. And I think there was only one other woman there, to be honest. So I had this lovely room. I got my um, clary sage and my lavender out and I sprinkled them on the bed. So it really reminded me of being in the bath, put my headphones in again, got um, Zadie's baby girl and her little hat out and was just like sniffing them, bouncing on the ball. The midwife said, do you want me to stay? What do you want me to do? And I said, no, just leave me to it. I'm fine. So she was out in the kind of nurse's station or midwife station, I suppose it would be. Um, and she just came in every so often and maybe every half hour or so to listen to baby, to check if I was okay. And it was honestly so dreamy. I just felt like, I felt like Mother Earth, like bouncing on my ball. And I was wearing the same bikini top that I wore when I gave birth to both of the boys. And I had her little um, sleep suit and it was just so beautiful. And then the midwife came in at about, I think it was about 10 o'clock, something like that. And she said, listen, from where I'm standing, it sounds like you're getting close. So she um, listened to baby's heartbeat, all was good. Um, she didn't examine me or anything at that point. She just trusted the signs that I was making. And she asked me then to call my husband who was outside in the car. He'd actually gone to KFC, um, but he'd come back from KFC and he was then invited to come in at about half 10. So I was in the delivery room, which was actually had a birthing pool and stuff. I really wanted to give birth in the pool. So I labored using gas and air, went into the pool and actually didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, and the midwife kept saying to me, look, you're very small and 
we think your baby's measuring really big so you can stay in the pool but we would like you to give birth out of the pool so that we can make sure everything's okay which I think midwives are incredible but I was a bit like I don't get that but whatever and I think that's why when I, I went into the pool I was thinking if this isn't where I'm going to give birth then I don't want to be here because I can't really relax in here so I got out of the pool and just was walking around the room using the gas and air and the way the strangest thing so there's a few differences I don't know if it's because of COVID or if it's just done differently but the differences between giving birth in London and giving birth in Northern Ireland were quite interesting I was offered pethidine and different types of um, pain relief so many times in Northern Ireland whereas in London I'd said in my birth plan I just want to labour using gas and air and if I change my mind I will let my husband know and he will let you know and I was never offered it and I was just trusted um, and I thought it was really interesting like at one point the midwife said to me maybe for the third time do you want to try a bit of pethidine I think it was and I said no I don't need it and she said well that's fine I just want you to know what's available and I thought that was interesting because these as far as I could see were were midwives who were really happy to support the fact that I was using hypnobirthing and were really happy to just let me work away you know that it was quite hands-off in that respect but it was interesting that they kept offering me the pain relief even that though is so interesting isn't it and the statistics here for pain relief um planned cesareans um unplanned cesareans even breastfeeding are really different to England in, and in particular London so I just think that in some ways maybe it hasn't quite caught up here with mm. um in England but I was really com- comfortable is the wrong word I was happy to keep going as I was going so I said no to all of that and I birthed with gas and air the first two times um so I was happy to keep going with the gas and air which is what I did and then I remember getting to the point where oh I actually at one point because this had been going on for two days I remember leaning over the bed and saying to my husband do you think this is really it and he was like uh yeah and I was like but do you think there's a chance that this is just Braxton Hicks and he was like are you bloody crazy (laughs) oh my god well that's a good sign but I was just convinced that because it had been stop start for a few days I was like don't get your hopes up and then I remember turning to the midwife and saying I don't think I can do this and I remember in my head being like oh I must be transitioning because that's what people say when they're transitioning so then I was almost ready to convince myself that it was really going to happen so at that point um I asked her if she would examine me and she said do you know I think that you're okay as you are if you want me to examine you I will and I said please examine me I just needed to know in my head how far I had to go and I was not this was about 12 30 in the morning on the so we're now into Monday so I was nine centimeters which was amazing but in my head I was like god it's taken so long to get to nine centimeters that last one centimeter could still be a full day you know I was just kind of negative Nancy in the head um but Thankfully, as soon as she examined me, my waters broke. So um, then I knew, obviously, it was almost time. And I think at that point, I also requested that she rupture my waters, but but she didn't need to. Um, so I was on the bed then when she examined me and I, f- I really felt the need to push. But um, the baby wasn't engaged at all. Like her head was still really, really high. And the midwives were saying... I think they were saying like let's see if you can wait let baby come down a little bit but I just couldn't wait so I was lying on the 
back on the bed and I tried to go on all fours and it just wasn't happening. And I remember trying that with the boys being on all fours, being on the birthing stool, like lots of different positions. And I just didn't like it. So I was on my back, which is the complete opposite to what I thought I'd want to birth the position I wanted to birth in. But that's what I find the most comfortable. But because she was so high, the midwife asked me to lie in the back and put I don't know how this works, but she put the back of the bed where my upper body was really, really, really back. So I was almost like at an inverted angle and it helped Zadie move down, made my hips higher. So she had more room to come down. And I pushed, I think, for about 30 minutes. And then her head was delivered at 1.52 a.m. And then her body was born at 1.54 a.m. And it was very different to the... So my first birth, I had had... I'd labored in the pool and been in the midwife led unit and then got transferred to the labor ward um, because I'd been pushing for three and a half hours and he was just not coming and his heart rate was dipping. And in the end, he was born by Von Toos and he was taken uh, straight over to the little um, countertop is the wrong word. What do I mean? Like the little space for the babies to kind of just get a quick check over. So I didn't hold him immediately. The second birth, he was born and he was on my chest in a split second. But with Zadie, it was kind of a combination of the two. She was born, they kind of handed her to me and then they whipped her away in a second. And I kept saying, let Matt cut the cord, let Matt cut the cord. And they were, they didn't really respond. And he was going, it's okay. I'm not cutting the cord this time because they need to check her. She was really, really mucousy. She didn't cry for ages. She was a bit listless. And they actually pulled the emergency cord, which I don't really remember. I do sort of remember a few people running in. I remember a male pediatrician saying, uh, I think a pediatrician or I guess it would be a pediatrician saying, hello, my name is whatever. I'm just going to check baby. And, you know, he had this really calm look in his face, but his voice was quite urgent. And there was a lot of kerfuffing and um, fuss over her. There was a lot of chatting amongst them. And I, I think I was in complete shock that she was born because the entire way through, I was convinced that that labor was, I thought the pregnancy was never going to end. And I really thought that labor was going to go on for weeks. And I, but I couldn't bring myself to look at her. She was behind me. So I kept looking at Matt's face to try to figure out what he was thinking. And then I thought that would let me know what was happening with the baby. And I, I just, I kept looking at him. I could not speak. And the midwife who was with me the whole time was saying to me she's okay are you okay and I was shaking you know those I don't know if that happens to everyone but those really dramatic like adrenaline come down shakes where I was kind of dramatically it felt like I was having a fit on the bed but I couldn't speak it was so weird but I didn't feel scared I just felt completely out of it strangest thing anyway then they uh, I remember them shouting to Matt um where's her best where's her baby grow and then I said let Matt dress her and they didn't so they dressed her and then brought her over no they didn't dress her actually she must have had skin to skin with me or Matt at some point but anyway they they dressed her in the end and um she started crying and it was a bit more lively and then she was completely fine um and it was lovely then she was put in my chest I might have mixed up the order of things there because she I definitely did have skin to skin but um, maybe they just put the nappy on her, actually. Uh, so she was on me. And um, then it was I, I don't know how long that period went on for where there was lots of medical professionals in the room. But eventually they all left. and It was just one midwife making notes, typing on a computer 
um brought me some tea and terrible toast but tasted like heaven obviously um and it all went really calm and really quiet and peaceful and um oh and then I had to deliver the placenta I was so nervous about delivering the placenta because I remember in the first giving birth the first time I completely forgot that you had to give birth to the placenta and I thought that giving birth to the placenta would just be like a little fart and it really wasn't <laughs> and I'm really nervous about this time because I knew what, what I was in for but it was completely fine like that happened the placenta was enormous which is why I think they thought that Zadie was massive because she wasn't she was only eight pounds it was absolutely giant um but anyway that was fine got that done was and that then, with the injection or naturally? No, that was naturally. I requested oh, cool. the injection. I didn't have either other time. Um, I just wanted, you know what? I, I wanted the whole thing to end. I wanted it to be over. I just wanted it to get to that point where we we're like, okay, the pregnancy is done and now she's here. Um, but the midwife said, you're, you're fine. Like baby's fine. The skin to skin is really going to help with the contractions. The placenta is going to come. Don't worry about it. So that was great. That was done. Had a little tear, which was um, stitched in a couple of minutes. Zadie seemed really happy. She latched on. I breastfed her. So she latched on about an hour after birth. And um, oh, it was just blissful. And then Matt was allowed to stay. So with both of the boys, he stayed for hours and hours and hours and hours. She, Zadie was born just after just before two and I think he left at about half four I was really happy to see him go which sounds awful but I was just so keen to get back into this little room that I'd made for us with you know this lavender and the low lit and so we went back there and it was just me and her and it was so blissful and the best thing so she was born early hours Monday the midwives came a few hours later and said, look, we can discharge you. You're really fine. She's doing fine. We can discharge you today. But you've two busy boys at home. Why don't you stay an extra night? And even though I was like, oh, God, I miss those boys so much. We actually stayed all of Monday and we stayed Monday night and we didn't leave until Tuesday afternoon. And it was so lovely. Like I lay in bed with her in my arms, breastfeeding her, watched a movie, got up the next day, watched the new. I mean, I didn't get up. I was absolutely horizontal. But you know what I mean? Like put the news on had um my breakfast I FaceTimed my best friend it was just so lovely and I I still honestly she is 11 months old I cannot believe that she's here even more than, than the boys I never had that with the boys I can't believe she's here because that pregnancy was the longest most anxiety induced nine months of my life but she's very much here I'm actually watching her in the monitor trying to um fight her little sleep but yeah she's very much here and she's very much a happy and healthy girl thank goodness wow oh gosh well thank you for sharing so as I was listening to your story I was like when apart from you saying I can't do this and kind of knowing okay this is the transition I didn't get the sense that you were like in agony or really really suffering it kind of felt like you were you were managing things is that right oh totally yeah absolutely I I think I have quite a high pain threshold I'm a runner I've been a runner for a long time and for anybody who isn't a runner this is going to sound so random but for anybody who is a runner you might understand that running long distances over many years you learn that pain is progress not pain but um physical discomfort is progress and it is the marker of success and I really felt like that in all of my labors that this pain is it's purposeful 
And it's not, I was never at the point in any of those labours where I, also I should say that I really do think that I'm very, very lucky in my labours. I don't think it's just mind over matter. I do think that um, for whatever reason, my labours are just worked out so beautifully. But I was never at the point where I, you know, was kind of clutching at the wall or um, collapsing or anything like that. I find the contractions are really really manageable for the most part apart from definitely the transition is a different story but that you know that's only what 10 I don't know what it is 10 minutes it's not it's not a long part of the labor but for the rest of the time um for all of my labors went for walks with the two boys around the park went for lunch when I was in labor the first time you know really felt like I'm quite a physical person so moving constantly really really helped me and also made me feel in control like I wasn't you know in the movies just looks like women just can't do anything and I just yeah. didn't want that to be my my not that I didn't want it to be my story I don't think I was thinking about it on that in that scale but I wanted my labor to be something that I felt that I was helping to control that I was part of you know it wasn't happening to me I was working with it I suppose totally agree thank you so much for being with us thank you so much Poppy I loved it I hope you guys enjoyed that. Do give me a follow on Instagram, pop that mama. I always love hearing from you and have a lovely day. <laughs>